Welcome to the Student Ministry Podcast. My name is Steve Cullen, and I'm your host for episode 37 of the Student Ministry Podcast. We are so grateful that you're here, and today we're going to be talking with Zach Yakyu, who is the children's pastor, uh, works in family ministry as a whole at Village Church in Surrey, British Columbia. So not only is this a an international episode today, it's also a kids ministry takeover of the Student Ministry Podcast. Podcast. We're going to be talking to Zach about uh, his kids' ministry there, his experience in all of that. Zach is also the host of the Kids Ministry Real Talk podcast, and so we'll be talking a little bit about his podcast as well, and uh, also just grateful that Zach actually had me on his podcast very recently, and so uh, make sure you check out that podcast. You can hear me talk about uh, my ministry over there and, and have a great conversation with Zach, but, uh, but show him some love and uh, go over ahead and uh, subscribe to the Kids Ministry Real Talk podcast and uh, follow Zach online as well. That'd be awesome. Uh, guys, we're in the middle of winter here in, in Colorado, and we've been uh, actually experiencing a lot of really good weather while the rest of the country has been under some really just really low temperatures. I know a lot of the country has just been really uh, cold recently. Um, but in the middle of our, our warmer times here in Colorado, we actually uh, had we're right in the middle of our winter camp season, and it's been awesome. And uh, I just know that that we're praying for all you guys out there that are also in the middle of these camp seasons and and trying to to get through the rest of the school year and finish strong and and gear up for the summer and everything. I know uh, for some of you, the summer is just like so far away, but we know it's going to. Be there before we know it. So uh, just know that we're praying for you here at the Student Ministry Podcast, and uh, and we want God to bless whatever you're doing uh, for teenagers and families out there. Before we jump into the uh, the podcast episode, the interview today, we do want to thank our sponsors for the podcast um, again. WorkCamp NE, they've been consistent sponsors for so long for the podcast and. Yet again, we just want to thank them for that that sponsorship, and we want to let you know if you're looking for a mission trip experience, a worship experience for your students that's more than just going and serving, well, that is incredibly important. If you're looking for something that goes beyond just helping someone out, but also allows your students to really grow in their faith and connect with others from other church groups, uh, you definitely want to check out WorkCamp NE. You can check out their website at W-O-R-K-C-A-M-P-N-E. E.com, and they have several camps this summer that you can go at, uh, go to um, all across the the Northeast, but also in Illinois. So maybe some of you are like from the Midwest, and and you'd like actually to to find something that is closer, and you're not really ready to take your your students across the country. Make sure you check out their locations in Illinois as well. And and here's the deal: it's a little known secret. They also do private camps, and so maybe one of those dates doesn't work out for you, but you'd like to contact them for a private camp, they are definitely open to that as well. Make sure you check out WORKCAMPNE.com. We thank WorkCamp NE for their sponsorship. And we're also grateful for the sponsorship of the National Network of Youth Ministries. That's NNYM.org, or you can also go to youthworkers.net. And uh, here's the deal, guys. You've heard me talk about this many times before. They've been a longtime sponsor as well. But if you are trying to do 
your ministry on your own, it's time to stop. It's time to to stop trying to be the lone wolf and, and doing all that on your own because we were meant to do this together. And I know some of you are, are at law at, at just rural churches, and you're you're like, you know, it's hard to find other people that I can really connect with. That's why the networks exist. That's why we we try to connect people outside of our churches. Um, that's what, what this whole point is about. And so if you're unfamiliar with any of the other youth workers in your area, make sure you check out youthworkers.net to find another network in your area. The whole goal of the national network is to help us find each other. And if there's not a network in your area, maybe it's time to start one. And uh, you can rely upon the resources on the website as well to help you start Start a network in your area. And we're so grateful for the network uh, sponsor, sponsoring every one of these episodes for uh, the Student Mystery Podcast. So check out youthworkers.net as well. Well, with all the sponsorship talk out of the way, let's go ahead and jump into this conversation with Zach Yaku. Hey, Zach, thanks so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's great to be on. Yeah, so uh, it's it's really cool to have a kids ministry worker here and a kids ministry pastor um, on a student ministry uh, podcast. We just did a, a quick uh, podcast on yours because you also have a kids ministry podcast, and I was I was thankful to be on your show, and we went and decided just to do a complete crossover and, and brought you over on the student ministry podcast. And so uh, today we have a kids ministry takeover on the on the student ministry podcast. <laughs> That's right. We're taking over. <laughs> so, so Zach, uh, tell us a little about your story. Um, we usually kind of st- structure this entire interview around three major questions, and that first one really is: so What's your story? How did uh, you get into ministry, and you know what's God done into your life uh, that has kind of brought you to where you are now? Yeah. So I am living in Vancouver, Canada. So this is international uh, conversation, and um, I grew up in a non-Christian home. And I really um, heard about God the first time when I was in high school, and that was through an organization called Young Life, and uh, met some leaders, and they invited me out to this club, and I loved it, and we sang songs, played games. It was basically like a youth night, and then that summer, I went to camp and um, heard about the gospel for the first time, and it was amazing to me as a high school student, um, I was really looking for something more. And I didn't really realize it at the time, but I was looking for relationships. And I was trying to do that in friends and with girls, and nothing was really working out for me. But when I heard that Jesus made us for a perfect relationship in Him, uh, to me, that was, it all clicked. That was it. I was like, I've been looking for a relationship because I've been made to be in relationship. And there's only one relationship that's going to fix that or satisfy me. And that's the relationship with God. And yeah, from that was amazing. So in my uh, uh, senior year of high school, I uh, joined kind of a Bible study, um, joined a student leadership team, uh, focusing on caring for my friends. So after that, I actually did, was a youth leader for um, five years and doing that. And I loved Jesus and I loved the Bible and I loved leadership. And I kind of just thought, okay, this is great. I know that as a Christian, we're called to serve in some capacity. So I'll just volunteer. 
And then I was trying to figure out, okay, what does the rest of my life look like? And then my youth leader, he said, oh, uh, I got this tuition to Bible college. It's free tuition for Bible college. I was like, all right, that sounds pretty good. Yeah. Um, it's free. And I'll go check out Bible college for a semester. And it worked out. So I went and it, within the first couple of weeks, I loved it. Um, the Bible college was amazing. Profs of all different denominations kind of taught at this school uh, met some really great people there, and it was a small, really small Bible college. And then I just said to myself, I love Bible college. I know I love the Bible. I know I love leadership. So I'll just keep going here, but I don't think I'll ever work in ministry. <laughs> and I don't know why I like, had this. I just didn't want to be in ministry. So I guess vocational ministry. Right. I didn't want work. I wanted to do something else and volunteer. So I did that. A bunch more. And then eventually I kind of thought, okay, I'll work in ministry, but I don't ever want to be a pastor. And so far that's changed as well. So God's <laughs> just been working slowly. Yeah. But went to Bible college for a bunch of years and was getting really involved in my church. And then I kind of felt a calling to get more involved in the church. And I saw that there's this kids position available. And I looked online and I was like, this could be my next step. So I called our kids director and I said hey I see this job posting would I be a good fit for this and she said no not at all you'd be horrible for that job <laughs> well, I said okay that's great she was honest uh, she was honest <laughs> um, and then so I said okay okay bye hung up a couple weeks later she called me and said hey that job and I was like oh maybe I, I could be a fit she's like no still not a fit but um, there's this other job that we've been thinking about launching. We need some help and maybe you could be a good for that. And that was just a Sunday role. And before that I was volunteering in kids, uh, just on Sunday mm -hmm. throughout my, uh, you know, couple of years. And I've worked in, um, kids minute, our, our kids, um, like before and after school care, I've done daycare, stuff like that. So that was kind of my job. I didn't see it as a calling, but I was good with kids and it was decent money while I was going to school. So I had experience in that. And then that led me to help in Sunday school because I thought I was somewhat qualified to do that. And then the job posting, I wanted to work at the church and I thought I'd probably be most qualified for something in kids since that's why I was volunteering. So it was never necessarily a calling to kids ministry. It was a calling to serve and a calling to serve in my ability. Um, yeah. So I started working on Sundays and that's where I really got a heart for kids ministry. And that's where it really turned into something more, uh, getting to work with volunteers, getting to raise people up. Uh, one thing that we've talked about before on my podcast is, is what the heart of yours is equipping people to do work and calling out a calling in them. And I really saw my role as that, is that there was one of the largest volunteer bases on a Sunday is in kids ministry. And I want to equip these leaders to do the best work possible. Yeah. So uh, I know it's kind of a long story, no, but, that's fine. <laughs> and then uh, I, uh, did that for a while, 
And eventually I got really involved, uh, was just kind of the person that jumped in. And I saw such a need for so many things that our kids director was doing. She's like, this is one thing we'd like to do. This is one thing that we'd like to do. Um, and a whole nother long story I won't get into, but I basically I quit my job, my full-time job. And I said, I just want to volunteer because I just felt a calling that God had more that he needed to be done and that he put me there for a reason. So was volunteering for a while, not too long. Um, eventually they offered a full-time job, which I guess funds came around and, you know, it paid to be doing the work already. Yeah. So they said, we'll, we'll pay you. So luckily it wasn't too long, but amazing how God worked in that way. And was, it was a test of faith. I remember telling my girlfriend at the time, now wife, um, Hey, I think I should quit my job. And she said, you're stupid. Don't do that. <laughs> and I said, well, I think God might be telling me this. So could we pray? And then we decided to fast about it. And then after a couple of days, she said, yeah, you should do that. Nice. I feel that too. So that was a good confirmation, but cool. God provided in so many different ways during that time. So it didn't really feel like I quit my job. So yeah. I'm not that sacrificial. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So worked in kids ministry for a few years, and just recently, a uh, year and a half ago, I left that kids ministry to do my master's degree. And I want definitely a bigger calling to pastoral leadership, and now I oversee kids ministry, um, but one level removed. I'm not as involved on the Sunday. Um, I do an associate role at one of our campuses, so I still get to be in kids ministry, helping with. Uh, kind of the larger vision pieces, um, but also doing my studies um, in uh, for my Master's of Divinity. Okay. So that's kind of my story, and that cool. brings us to right now in my position. And, you know, a while ago, um, it, as I was in the season of learning with my Master's degree, I wanted to just reach out to lots of people. And we're doing lots of creative pieces. So I decided to start uh, the podcast and talk to kids ministry leaders, youth leaders. And that's been an amazing journey and such a learning opportunity for me just to hear great stories about what people are doing. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what one of the reasons why I love doing this podcast as well is you know, I love having these conversations and I was like, well, maybe I guess I should just record them as well and see if anybody else enjoys them. And so it's kind of it's a good excuse for me to to have those conversations because, yeah, I got to put out a regular episode. So I need to contact another random person and let's talk about ministry together. And so it's been really cool to to learn from other people as well. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so you're currently, you know, been in kids ministry for a while and now, uh, things have, have changed a little bit in that, but still kind of overseeing the kids ministry and stuff. So I'd love to talk about like, what is, what is your current structure of, of your, of your team and, and how does that all look like? But also, um, what's, what's the regular like programming structure kind of look like for your regular ministry? So what's a, what's a week or whatever like in the life of Zach? <laughs> yeah, a lot of reading and papers and then <laughs> beyond that lots of meetings right now so i get to oversee uh we have three kids staff and um that's part of my roles to oversee them meet with them talk about what's going on in their ages uh they have we have one associate who oversees our kindergarten to grade five and then one associate who oversees our um zero year zero year olds to uh four year olds okay. so kind of break that right in the school age um 
and then we also have another person that helps with some of the everything in between the check and the setup teardown and some of the administration she's part-time though so um it's great meeting with them i meet with them weekly kind of talk about what's going on and we do a sunday debrief uh talk about things that are coming up like we're doing our annual training so what does that look like um let's make sure that we're practicing our protocols that we're inspiring vision uh one thing that we're working on right now is just our small groups uh really training leaders and understanding that they are the leaders that these are their kids these aren't just any kids that come to their group that that their kids and building relationships is so important and i know that's even more important in youth ministry because kids are getting to the point where they're starting to look for those relationships and they're getting more freedom from their parents and making the ability to make decisions for themselves and yeah so it's been great that I've got to switch out this role because what I've realized is that collaboration is so important. Mm-hmm. And I also oversee um, basically our guest services, so all of our Sunday um, ministries. Um, and then I get to work a lot with you know our production team and our youth uh, pastor, which he's an amazing guy. And it's been great that we've got to work together because we've started collaborating way more. And understanding that was also a structure um, used to be kids and the youth, but we've son got a family ministry director um, across all of our sites. And she's added so much collaboration between the two looking at cribs to college yeah. about what is the scope? What is the path of a child at our church? And one initiative that we've just started is, so there's kind of your path as you attend, and then we've had some leadership in kids. Like, let's say if kids, older kids want to serve in kids, awesome. We have a leader and training program, but we found that there's this junior high leadership role missing. Mm-hmm. So our kid staff and our youth staff are collaborating to develop that um, ministry so that they can attend on a Sunday, also attend on a weekday. We have junior high on Sunday, not high school. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also a junior high um, weekday event. But that they could do a leadership program. And we had a high school leadership program. So it was just this amazing thing that both people would start to work on this leadership program together. Yeah. And implement that as a transition from kids to youth. That's really cool. Um, so I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And they're just developing that and it's new, but the initiative is exciting. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So so in general, so I think kind of paint me a picture a little bit here and make sure I'm getting this correct. So you have a yeah. family pastor that's over all the kids and students at each of the campuses. And then each Correct. of those campuses has an individual kids ministry point leader, pastor, and then a, a student ministry leader or pastor or whatever is that like the basic structure of it yeah so we have a couple different locations we have central team youth um so a family's ministry and then a lot of our sites are different sizes so some don't necessarily have individual staff for each place um i'm at one of the larger campuses so we have uh, more staff but yes there would be a, a youth point person and a kid point person 
uh, for each location. And then right now I'm at a location. So we have two uh, kids staff, or sorry, three kids staff and one youth staff. Okay. And then um, me and our lead our pastor of the location kind of work in hand in hand to make sure all the needs are being met for all of our ministries. Gotcha. Uh, he oversees some, I oversee some. Okay. So. Lots, yeah. lots of moving pieces when you have multi-campus and all that stuff. I know. It's, totally. Yeah. It's something and Everything that, changes all right. the time. So <laughs> yeah. by the time this comes out, it'll be different. So don't worry about that. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. We, uh, we currently have a, a small multi-staff uh, thing, but I think that's going to be changing soon and what the structure of that's going to look like. And we're actually have a new uh, lead pastor coming in soon. And I'm sure it's going to look different for us as well. And that was one of the questions when I first came on staff. I was like, okay, so I know we have three campuses what is my role with those campuses and the ministry that happens there? And do I oversee that? Do I partner? Like, and, and every church, you know, structure does it differently. And so it's, it's always cool to hear how different ones do it. Right. And three is an interesting number. And I just say that's because it's what I'm living in right now. We made the shift to, um, cause two sites, you can kind of just pretend it's one and function like that. Three, you get to the uh, point where there are some actual ramifications. Mm -hmm. And then four, um, it seems like you really have to start to treat each site independently as Mm -hmm. its own context. And that's a hard shift for us. Um, There's lots of relationships because we kind of made that shift. But there's lots of relationships still living in the old model. Mm -hmm. But the ownership and the leadership belong to the site and they should be able to make those decisions, but it's so messy and disorganized. (laughs) Um, So we know it's a long process, but that's our goal as a church is to give ownership to the campus pastor and says, this is your site. There's also some requirements that we have of you and some standards and resources, Mm -hmm. which is amazing to be part of a bigger family to say, you know, don't worry about your website. Don't worry about your graphics. Don't worry about you know, your standards, we have those, Yeah. but you have ownership for everything else that happens. That's cool. But right now there's lots of relationships, so it doesn't feel like that all the time, which is good. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we're just trying to move forward though. Yeah. yeah. So what's that look like for the, like the teaching and the curriculum and stuff like that? Do you guys all do the same thing or does each campus have their, their own responsibility to find their own thing and teach their own thing or how does that all work? Yeah. A great question. So Youth and kids all have a predetermined curriculum that is decided uh, centrally. It says we're all going to use this curriculum. So we have different curriculum for our preschool age, which is um, a mishmash of five or six different curriculums and then a lot of writing by us because preschool is kind of easier to do that. We use uh, Gospel Coalition for our kindergarten to grade three. Uh, Oh, sorry, the Gospel Project, which is in partnership with the Gospel Coalition. Mm -hmm. And then we use Orange for our older kids, grade four, five, and our junior youth a little bit as well. And then a lot of writing and by our youth um, pastor team, they kind of come up with series together and preach through those and create the small group. Cool. um, Which is great. So... Yeah, we make sure that we're trying to all do the same thing, especially if someone's doing something better, then we want to be doing that thing. So it is slower in times to do that process, but it's amazing that 
a lot of the resources are just kind of given, say, this is what we have to do, and we know that this is what we think is best, and then we can add to it and tweak it a little bit depending on our context. So, Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's that's so important. I think, um, and we we do very a very similar sort of thing. We we stick with orange actually from from birth through um, mostly through middle school. We kind of off and on. Sometimes we're using it, sometimes not. But we've been writing our own stuff for, for a lot more recently for for high school especially, yeah. and uh, it's it's worked out pretty well. But, um, but yeah, it's always one of those questions. And and for now, like our other campuses do their own thing, um, but. Uh, but yeah, it's always a, a learning process, and and one of our campuses is actually uh, a Spanish-speaking campus, and oh, so wow. up until recently, they didn't really have a Spanish version of the orange uh, stuff. So we were looking at other stuff for them and and helping them out too. So it's always always interesting how that all works out, especially within campuses. Totally, especially different language. That's, yeah. it's crazy to do that. Yeah, yeah, orange is orange is great. I've really come around to Orange recently because I got to go to some of the conferences and Reggie Joyner and the team, I just was able to see their heart because sometimes Orange, it could seem, um, you know, for a Bible learning guy, especially doing seminaries, like it needs to be Bible yeah. to yeah. max. And hearing their heart, they just have such a heart for relationship and, and hearing about some of your structure and our structure is you know, it can have as much Bible and Jesus as possible, but mm-hmm. if nobody's listening, then that doesn't really matter. Yeah. And the biggest impacts happen through relationships. So I love their heart and their ability to just say, let's build relationships and let's make sure kids are actually being loved and have a person that they know about. And then, and then we'll, we'll, we'll definitely get to the gospel. Like we will share the gospel a hundred percent. Yeah. But let's make sure we have a foundation that's set first. And I love that. It's it's so amazing because just hearing stories about kids and relationships, um, it always involves someone. You know, you never hear a story about you have this amazing kid sermon and then this kid just comes to the front, repents, <laughs> gives his life. And it's like it, that never happens. Right. It's always in a small group with a leader building relationship over time. And then you start to hear these really amazing stories about kids sharing about their life and, and real God working through their lives. Um, just this past week, you know, uh, one of our small group leaders, he, the girl shared with him, you know, it's like, I'm not feeling that, uh, I'm being loved at home. And that small group leader had a relationship with the parents so he felt totally comfortable just saying, hey, you know what? This girl shared with me this week. And mom's like, wow, I, I didn't know that. They come back the next week and the girl says, this week was so awesome. My mom, she did all these things. She played with me. She, we went on this trip. And that's, that's amazing. Yeah. And this is, you know, a God-loving family. Um, but it's just being on the same team, being able to help each other in little ways. This is hey, I know it was busy. This is just what I heard. Giving that piece of information to mom. Mom yeah. comes back. is so intentional this week. And that we did our part. We didn't love the girl all week. Mom did. Yep. But we helped where we could. Yeah. So that's really cool. Yeah. And I think that's that's some of that partnership with, with parents that, that happens. That it Sometimes it doesn't even have to 
to happen in the context of some big structured program that does all these, you know, checks all the boxes and stuff. Maybe it's just as simple as making sure that we're intentional about connecting and building that relationship with the parent in addition to the kid as well. And so that things like that can just naturally happen. Totally. And it's, and it's cool to hear. And you realize that I wouldn't, I would never be able to give that piece of information to mom. It was a small group leader yeah. that did that and how much we need to equip and empower those leaders to do that. So yeah. it, that's a big task and it's overwhelming, but it's a, it's a worthy task to take on. Yeah, yeah for sure. So, so you guys have uh, small groups all the way throughout and that kind of, I'm sure kind of builds into from kids ministry to middle school to high school and helps them prepare for all that stuff. Um, love that you guys are, are partnering together with student ministry and, and kids ministry to, to develop this, this thing around junior high and getting them involved in everything. Are there any other big partnerships between student ministry and kids ministry that, that kind of really work for your situation? Yeah, I think the other thing is just a mind that's looking at outcomes. So at zero to four, you know, we want, you know, a four-year-old to know some main characters in the Bible. And then in kindergarten to grade one, we want them to know that Jesus is God. And just this idea about, you know, just starting this Trinitarian theology mm-hmm. Um, in very simple forms, that there's multiple. Jesus is God. Uh, God, you know. Anyways, so <laughs> if you get into it much, yeah. it's crazy, right? So just Jesus is God yeah. is perfect. And then um, when they're done, kids ministry, grade five, going into grade six, which is our youth ministry, um, that they would be able to participate in a small group just an example of one of our outcomes, that they would be able to pray for someone else, mm. that they would be able to have an idea about corporate worship and participate in corporate worship. So I think that's really helped to just take someone from zero to grade 12 and, and say, what is the scope mm. and how are they going to get there? Because that really helps you inform you, what are you focusing on in your grade four or five ministry? what are you trying to get them to do? It's like, well, if we need them to participate in a small group for next year, then let's have small groups and let's raise questions and let's have them try to answer tangible thoughts, not just regurgitating information about the Bible, but applying the Bible to aspects in their life. Hmm. So let's ask aspects about their life. How, how did you apply this to your life last week? You know, in very basic forms. That's so cool. I think that's that's really cool just to take a 30,000 feet and kind of think, how are we getting from point A to point B over 12, uh, 18 years mm-hmm. of, of being with us? Yeah. And that's been really cool to see. I mean, we only developed it a few years ago, so it's hard to... Um, to measure the results of something like that. Right. <laughs> it takes 18 years. Right. To do it. <laughs> but you start to see it in little ways and you just try to analyze it the best you can and, and tweak it as you go. Yeah. I think that's, that's so cool because like at that point, at that 30,000 view, you know, you are able to see, 
you know, the entire picture. And then we're able to narrow our focus and go, okay, of this entire thing, here's where kids ministry can really play a strong role. Here's where youth ministry can really play a strong role. Here's where our adult ministry can play a strong role. And then we, we are able to see like, this is how we all work together to get to this same overall objective. Yeah, exactly. That's what it's all about, right? It's let's work towards the same thing together instead of, you know, doing one thing and doing a different thing, always having to start over. And we've actually seen that in um, our ministries. We're trying to say, if you're a volunteer, if you go from this ministry to this ministry, we don't want to start over. If you went from kids ministry to greeter ministry, what are the things that you should learn um, in both of them so that you're actually, I don't know how to explain, like a level two for better, not that we put levels right, of volunteers, right. but you're a, you're a more mature volunteer. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. And you've learned the basics of volunteering from this ministry, which also applied to this ministry. Totally. And that's one thing that we're trying to work on now is um, system, like standardizing training processes, mm. standardizing onboarding processes. And then also with um, our team leads of volunteers who oversee ministries, that's the next phase of that, of helping all these leadership, higher level leadership. You have the right competencies that you've gained over X, Y, and Z ministries. It's the same thing. Mm. Yeah. That's cool. And that's, I'm, I'm, ex- I'm, I'm expecting it, this to be that you've experienced. Uh, and because recently we've been talking about that somewhat at our church too. And, uh, it's been, it's been a lesson in humility for me. Um, I think cause, cause I think sometimes I go in, well, the way we do it's the, the right way then everybody needs to do it our way. And, uh, and really in the end we're like, okay, maybe, maybe this other team does this aspect better and we kind of lean on each other to develop the best system overall. Um, but, but like you said, I mean, once we start to standardize that some, uh, it, it makes us feel like a cohesive unit. Like we're not just a bunch of individual ministries that are doing our own things, but we come at this in the same, with the same mindset, the same, um, kind of plan, I guess, um, to, that we're all working together in this. Yeah. I think it really takes, um, a whole church buy-in, especially from upper leadership, because it's easier for them to have um, not, not have a bias of which is better, because mm-hmm. it's not, you know, it's easy to see what is better. And I've had a little bit of benefit of that where I have to oversee multiple areas, so I don't favor one or the other. They're mm-hmm. both mine. And it's really easy to see you know, kids does this well, youth does this well, guest services does this well. And then, you know, so many times in this past year, I've just seen something that youth is doing and not even me, sometimes the youth, um, well, here's an example, our guest services went to our youth pastor and said, hey, do you have any examples for um, training people about vision? And then he looked in the stack of paper and then handed her this thing. He says, here you go. And (laughs) It's something that he's written up and developed and uses that all the time. She just took it and said, okay, like <laughs> you did the work for me. Yeah. And it, it, it makes me frustrated. I think, think of all the wasted time that we've done just doing redundancies mm. of you tried to do it and you tried to do it. They were both great. Yeah. But why didn't you just share? Right. So that's a little bit of my heart is that we, we should be working 
more collaboratively because uh, that will be more efficient too. For yeah. sure. Yeah. That's, that's great. I think that's, that's a, so much of a key when we're trying to maximize the resources that we have um, to really lean on each other in that. That's, that's awesome. So, uh, what are, what are some tips you shared so much wisdom already with us? Uh, but what are some tips that you'd have for the youth pastors out there who are, uh, who are listening to this podcast and going, okay, what are some takeaways? Um, a lot of times I like to phrase this question. What's something that maybe you would like to have maybe told yourself, told yourself, uh, maybe five, 10 years ago in ministry that could have maybe put you on an even better path. If you knew, if you knew then what you know now, sort of thing. Jokingly and with so much love, I just want to say, get more organized. <laughs> <laughs> Not joking at all. That's so important. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I've just seen it from uh, coming from a kid's background first. Um, looking at a youth background, you just see it. It's a, a necessary thing to be organized. Uh, you don't do anything without procedures and protocols and training and criminal record checks and so many hoops. And when you get to youth, you don't have to jump through as many hoops. Um, but I think it can be great for especially something that we've talked about is partnering with parents. The, the parents still like to see that. Um, but sometimes it can be easier to say, well, I'm just going to text the kid. Yeah. I don't want to talk to mom. I don't want to have to go in their house don't want to shake hands. Don't want to have to promise I'm going to drive safe. That's <laughs> too much work. I'm just going to text the kid. I'm outside. And that's our relationship. You know, and I, I know that because I did that for five years. And I said, I don't want to go inside. <laughs> um, but sometimes when you have those, you know, uh, the better communication and, and remembering that it goes out on time and consistently and every single time we do this thing and every single time we do it this way and we communicate that clearly, that helps parents so much more. And then parents like you <laughs> and they're not frustrated. Right. Or, and then they're on your team, too. And they give you a lot more leeway with kids. So I've just seen that uh, a lot more with kids is, is understanding these, these protocols and um, event planning and going through the we've often seen is like the youth ministry is cool and doesn't like to do th through any of the other systems with the yeah. churches. Yeah. Um, but oftentimes they're doing amazing leadership development because the youth guys, the, the guy that is going to be the lead pastor one day and he's running a, a mini church and they're doing so many things. Well, you know, practicing spiritual disciplines. Um, an example, I was talking to our family ministries director and as she's learning about this youth culture, because she came from kids doing youth, she's talking to one of the leaders and asking more of a administrative question. Hey, do you know about this event? And the leader kind of hesitates. Say, oh, sorry. Um, I, I don't really know. I've just been fasting all day because we're launching our youth alpha tonight. And that's something that's like, that's amazing. And she didn't know that this was happening because the youth leaders is living this out with kids. He's in an authentic community, loving kids, doing spiritual disciplines, struggling with theology and in through uh, suffering and, you know, hard parent, you know, mental illness, divorced parents. This guy's living it out. And sometimes the rest of the church doesn't pay respect to that. 
and say, you're actually doing amazing work. Mm-hmm. We just see you as the guy with the two who's <laughs> late and never tells us when you're doing any event. Yeah. So both parties can partner from yeah. each other. The youth guy can say, hey, could I have help planning this event? Let me tell you my heart for it. Wow, that's an amazing heart. Let me help you. And and the rest of the church or whoever it is, you know, obviously very broad stroke. So um, obviously this isn't anyone, but the rest of the church can look to them and say, Let's let's. How can we incorporate more spiritual disciplines? How can we incorporate more leadership? How can we incorporate the real things that matter into our volunteer teams instead of just focusing on the who, what, and when? It's like, what about the why? What about the how? Um, so those are those are things that I've got to see, and it really is cool when you take the best of both worlds and put them together. Yeah. That's so cool. And, and man, Zach, as you're saying that, it was like, oh, yeah, that's spot on. That's so spot on because I've, I've recognized that in myself as well. That And a lot of times it, it's so easy to get in that, that position of, man, why don't they see what, I'm, what we're doing down here and all this? Like, and, and like, mm, when was the last time I intentionally told them about what we're doing? Oh, maybe right. I should actually inform the rest of the church about this, and just ex- instead of expecting them to just know and take the initiative on their own, because they got so much free time to go check out our ministry all the time, because we're the most important. <laughs> but to uh, to have that that bigger mindset, not only in in partnership that we talked about already, but also just in in general, like informing each other and and leaning on each other. That's that's huge, man. Yeah, it, it's a, definitely a hard one, but. And it, again, it takes full church buy-in. Oftentimes, like if you're a youth pastor listening to this, you're like, yeah, they need to know. (laughs) Um, But it needs to start with smaller conversations to, and, and don't think that your lead pastor, oh, he's doing this wrong. Mm. Think about, okay, what can I do to start this process? And I think it was great and, and very humble of you to say, okay, how, what can I do? And obviously the lead pastor or whoever else or me can say, okay, what can I do? But you can't control other people, right? right. So don't, uh, don't, we call it, don't get in a box towards other people. Don't have this negative image about other people is take the first step and try to try to figure it out with a conversation. Yeah. That's, that's awesome, man. So Zach, I know that, uh, People are going to want to know more about you. They're going to want to talk to you more. Um, maybe something you said today is uh, really resonates with someone. They want to dive in deeper conversation. Where is the best place for people to contact you online and and hear more about your own podcast and, and everything you do? Yeah, so the podcast is called um, Kids Ministry Real Talk, and it can be found anywhere you listen to podcasts. And it's, it's really great. It's exactly what you're doing. I just have conversations with other people and have gotten to talk to some really cool and amazing kids ministry people, Yancey, other uh, worship leaders, um, Saddleback Kids, um, uh, Katie, who's over there. It's cool. just amazing. So I'm I'm still blown away that those people, they're so humble and gracious and wise beyond their, their wisdom. So it's not just me talking. It's other better people. <laughs> and uh, so that's Kids Ministry Real Talk. You can check us out on Instagram, Kids Ministry Pod, or email us at kidsministrypod at gmail.com. Um, that's the best place you can 
my, you can f- find my Instagram from there, but it's not really worth following. It's just <laughs> pictures of me smiling. So that's <laughs> lots of selfies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, cool. Thanks so much for Zach for uh, for joining me today on the podcast. And man, it's been it's been great to to hear more about you and and what God is doing there. Um, thanks again for having me on your podcast as well. Uh, it was a it was a great two conversations that we had. So thank you again. It's been amazing to get to know you more and and talk about something we both love, ministry. Yeah, definitely. And I I love the conversation between kids ministry and student ministry. It's it's got to happen more and more, uh, needs to happen more and more because we're totally in this together. When a student ministry is going well, the kids ministry needs to be going well and vice versa. So love to to bridge these gaps for sure. So, and uh, yeah, may, may God bless your ministry. Yeah, you too. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Zach Yakyu. Be sure to check out his podcast online, the Kids Ministry Real Talk podcast. You can find that on pretty much any uh, podcast app out there, like he said, and make sure you follow him on social media as well. Speaking of social media, if you have not followed the Student Ministry Podcast on social media, you can. And I have news for you. We are now on Instagram. You can just find us at the Student Ministry Podcast on Instagram. And uh, we'd love to to see you follow us over there. And we're going to try to be a little more active over there as well, um, in addition to our Facebook and Twitter profiles as well. And we'd love for your follow and love for you to share us out on there. And uh, if you enjoyed this podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to leave us a positive review on your podcast app of choice. That'd be awesome. Share us with friends, especially those in ministry that need to hear great stories like we've been hearing on this uh, this podcast over the years. That'd be awesome. Uh, we do want to thank our sponsors once again, the National Network of Youth Ministries. You can find them at youthworkers.net and WorkCampNE. You can find them at WorkCampNE.com. That's W-O-R-K-C-A-M-P-N-E.com. Both of those sponsors are amazing. Make sure you check out their websites, especially if you have not gotten connected with other youth workers in your area. Check out youthworkers.net. And if you're looking for a mission trip experience that's more than just a mission trip, make sure you check out WorkCamp NE and uh, be sure to let them know that the Student Ministry Podcast sent you. Um, Again, make sure you follow us on uh, all that social media out there. Make sure you subscribe on your favorite podcast app of choice and share us with another friend. Uh, That'd be awesome. We'll be back again next month with another interview, but until then, may God bless your ministry.